been a month since Nobcon. Seems like we should probably talk about that. And get it all out. Do we have to? I I have a couple of positive things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I jotted down highlights and disappointments, and I didn't really get uh, very far in either. <laughs> and it made me realize just kind of how non-memorable <laughs> this one was. I was just like, oh, it wasn't really much good or bad, in my opinion, but but I forced myself to jot a few things down. I mean, would you like to start? Sure. And you can start positive or negative. However I'll you start want. positive. Uh, my favorite part overall, I think, was the uh, the harsh noise demo Scott gave us yeah. of uh, the yeah. new Bionic Lester and Hertz Donut Mark III. Um, it was just nice to see the joy in his face, <laughs> you know, just barraging us with noise and like drowning out everything else in that room for a f- good five minutes. And everyone else just kind of stopping and staring at him as he just kept making it louder. I don't know if you noticed, but there was like a good like 10, 15 foot like semicircle of like no one else getting close to the booth. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it cleared it was, out the aisle. Yeah. It was very effective. It was. And then uh, it sold me. On, on on both of them, I think. I don't own them yet, but yeah. I mean, I, I would have walked out of there with them if he had them for sale. Yeah. Uh, the Lester wasn't ready yet, but it's shipping as of yesterday. Um, so that's good to know. And the Hertz Donut, I just have been saving my pennies for. I need to sell a couple plats before I can afford that one, I think. he uh, He's added a new mode since that demo also. I don't know if you caught really? that. Yeah. yeah. He, someone... Uh, a friend of his mentioned that there should be a comb filter in there as well. So he added a new comb filter mode at the end of the like mode rotation. Uh-huh. So nice. yeah, I like the preset stuff he put into mm-hmm. the new modules too. How it kind of simplifies some of the designs a good bit. Yeah, being able to save stuff is more and more appealing to me lately. Mm-hmm. Likewise, same. But that that was my number one. Number two was. Uh, being talked down to by uh, Paul. <laughs> As always. As always, yeah. Just made me feel uh, good about myself. Made me feel like a complete moron. <laughs> Listening to him describe what his new uh, E520 can do and what it doesn't do. But uh, yeah, was that anyone else's personal favorite? That's, that's always a personal favorite. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah that's what yes. I thought. Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys elaborate on, on that experience a little more. The Hyperion and Paul's, you know, obviously you want to ask Paul which reverbs he's going to put into it. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what it's mainly targeting, reverbs. Absolutely. Not his special favorite. FFT effects. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. Anything can do FFT shit. Yeah, anything can. What we need is more reverbs. More reverb. Long They just don't exist. Shimmers. Untapped market. Can't get that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's got your solution. No, the Hyperion looks cool. Um it looks like he's trying to sell some before the Kickstarter to help make funds um, available to build them beforehand. Um, Kickstarter, you got to wait till kind of the I end didn't catch when that. everything's over. Yeah, so that's kind of smart. So he's got like a limited thing on his site now where you can go and just kind of pre-order one. But it looks cool. I think it's pretty big. I don't think I've seen like a picture of the actual finished module yet. He's got yeah. the HP count and the like kind of prototype board. <clears throat> but it sounded really good from what I heard. Like the modulation stuff was like creamy for lack of a better word but you know it sounded like not like a shitty digital effect which you would expect no yeah it sounded quality yeah Yeah. did he announce a final price for it yet yeah 
What is it going to be? I think it's it's under six, but it was like five ninety or something. It's definitely not cheap. It's up there in the range with like a rainmaker. Yeah, but you know, stereo flexible processor like that. No, it seems like it's worth it. It's just not ca- a casual purchase. No. So that's it's going to be a boutique. Yes. What was your uh, top module, Dave? Let me uh, let me look at my list here. Um, at, at the top of my list is also Scott's stuff. I have Scott's new stuff and Demeanor was apparently my number one uh, thing. Demeanor? Uh, yeah, no, he just... You like the like, cut of his jib? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's just, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you could tell he was just taking a lot of joy and just, like, yeah. blasting us with noise. <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah, dude. And, like, at no point did he turn it down to talk oh, no. to us. There's a good chance he turned it up. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. It was like, yeah. you you bought the ticket. You're going to take this fucking ride. <laughs> Yeah, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. You just woke up and stumbled down from your hotel room. <laughs> yeah. Let me introduce you to the bionic luster. <laughs> my my top two things but aside from that was um, the brown shoes only guy who was running the LZX yeah. um, mm. booth. Um, not only was the memory palace awesome, but his presentation, presentation yeah. and just oh, yeah. excitement over it. I really like that way of presenting where he just started with like, here's a picture of a flower and then... Five minutes later, ten minutes later, it's just been completely destroyed. That was really effective um, as a presentation. I'm trying real hard right now to not fall into the video rabbit hole this year, and like that uh. kind of almost spun me the you know complete opposite direction. Like now, I really want a memory palace. Like, it got me. That's yeah. my number one for sure. There's another one, but the memory palace demo was just like okay, mind fucking blown. Now I'm gonna dive in deeper into this. Yeah, originally there was a lot of video stuff that I had on my list my sh- to, to get, and now I'm thinking I could probably just make do with my um, Ming Mecha and a structure and a memory palace. I, I don't know when the hell I'm going to get it, but it's definitely like a must-buy for me at this point. I, I did see that they um, apparently just identified like the big fix that was causing it to like fade Crash out after multiple yeah. hours, oh, okay. and okay. it actually involves they're going to switch... Um, Everything was running off the SD card before, and now they've found a way to use the onboard like four gigabytes of flash RAM that's right on the module, and that's going to help like alleviate that issue. So that was kind of good because a lot of people have been having that issue with it. It seemed, or at least a few people have been on the forum like talking about like, eh, this isn't working. I mean, I have the space for it, sort of. I think I can fit that in a structure in my video rack over there. Hopefully, we're still talking about KnobCon. Um, do we want to get in the structure or? Yeah, might as well. Because I, I, we have not actually talked about it on the episode, right? No, not um, since we got them. That, I mean, that was another thing that was exciting, but it was by that point, you and I both had structures. So it doesn't really count as a Nobcon thing, but the Erogenous Tones. Everyone but guys, me. <laughs> <laughs> but the Erogenous Tones guys were there and we talked to them. So it kind of counts as a Nobcon. Yeah, event. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of structures in use, <laughs> again, yeah. for mm-hmm. sure. It was definitely uh, stealing the show with the visual stuff. So I'm going to put it out there. Uh, I mean, so far, module of the year for me. Yeah. This is like maybe my favorite module ever. Nice. I'm having trouble coming up with complaints about it. Okay. Yeah. Also, I did video the other night for four hours straight. Not even a single blip, not a glitch, nothing. It just ran perfectly smooth the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... you've You've performed with it live a couple times already. Yeah. You've only had it for yeah. like, what, two months now or something? Yeah. yeah. And it, it's out of the box, hit random a bunch of times, you're going to find something in a couple of minutes. I mean, you can also dive deep into it, but it's also like if you just want to fuck around, 
it's fucking amazing just for that. Yeah. That's kind of what I had to learn with it too at first. I was like, no, I'm not making all the shaders. And it's like, no, 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 no. Maybe just use like your your creativity to use these shaders in a way. And especially since I added some analog video stuff to it, it's like, oh, okay. Now it's like really just process the analog stuff with this. So like it's, it's crazy. Like the structure by itself is still fun, mm-hmm. but feeding stuff into it and using the video node but it just it just makes it a thousand times better yeah i'm gonna have to i guess dig a little more into it like i don't you know i haven't read the manual or anything mm-hmm. but like i was under the impression that it was mostly like a generator and you'd be running it into things it not is. necessarily processing with it so you have a bunch of the way that it's set up is you've got a bunch of these different node sets and the node sets are up to f- um i think it's four and then the output yeah and then there's different combinations and they sort of relate to one another and there are these there are sets that have no other input they don't take video input it's all just generators it's all just shaders it's all feedback um or the mixer or taking an audio signal and generating um video from that mm-hmm. but a lot of them have this video in node and there's uh two different video in um you can, you can do it through the RGB or another composite video. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing stopping you. F- and this is what I was doing at that the BXC show was outputting and then feeding it right back to itself. Oh, no shit. Processing yeah. it through the fluxes and then going back in. And then that becomes part of the video node. And then... Didn't even think of that. Okay. So, yeah, you can use it like that. Um, now they, and they keep adding nodes all the time. Like yeah. each, They're already up to 1.9, 1. 1. 1.9, mm-hmm. I think, is as yep. of this recording is the version they're on and each one is either like a bug fix or here's a new node and here and then they add it to like the set of nodes that you can uh use and process so like the way that um random works is if you have none of the nodes selected and you hit random it's just going to do everything but you can be like oh i like this if you just have that selected and you hit random it'll only randomize that or whatever nodes you have selected or you can just sit there and actually try to like go through the list of for each of the nodes and you know start sculpting your own video from that not only do you have that you can then save those as presets and you have i think it's up to 64 you can save per per performance um and i think there's still a limitation only one performance per card but i think in the documentation Mm -hmm. they said they're going to make it so you can have multiple performances um there's three different inputs for modulation and they are either five volt or one volt. And the one volt is so that you can hook it up directly to that's the the LZX uh, range, plus or minus one volt. Okay. But everything else you can go to, you can little switch to go down to, to five. And then there's an attenuator on each one. And then the top two, if you've got an audio node, you can send audio to it, and then it'll react to that audio signal and do different things. And so you could rig up a mic at like a live show. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I was like, at That's first I was kind of cool. like, is this going to be like a cheesy club effect? Mm. Where it's everything's not- just pulsed to the kick yeah, drum type yeah, of shit. Exactly. Yeah. And, I was, and I was like, this <laughs> it is gets like- brighter when the kick hits. <laughs> no, it's actually really awesome. There's a lot of fucking yeah. amazing uh, stuff in there. I think there's like one or two cheesy things. Yeah. The, uh, that circuit bent BPMC mixer I had had a audio modulation point as well. You could like. Oh, really? Yeah. It had like the touch contacts and it also had like. Uh, I think it was like an onboard mic or something. I can't remember off the top of my head. Or I might have just plugged one in, but yeah, I could detect audio and mm-hmm. make shit go crazy. You know what oh, I mean? Awesome. Depending on how you attenuated it. But yeah, I can see the usefulness in that for sure, especially in like a live environment. The idea of like making an audio set and then going, okay, cool. There's also a video component too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
this would you could do that with easily hook this up no doubt when you say you can load video clips into it like is there specific formats and like yeah it's a very rigid yeah. format it's, a, it's okay. a little bit small okay um, if you just want to have a small loop of something playing as mm -hmm. opposed to having to take the input and you get like what 128 frames or something like that when i was doing everything in resolume i would like render out you know chunks and you know and then re-render you know mixing mixing over and over and it would be cool to bounce some of the shit that i make in resolume or have already made in resolume into that i'm just i'm not sure how compatible it would be you know what i mean yeah. but i kept everything on the lower resolution side back then because the laptop that i was doing everything from was garbage so like i had in fact one of the workarounds i used to do was instead of working with video within Resolume, because that takes up a lot of resources, I would put my sources on to a DVD and then use Power DVD, play it at a very slow rate and do uh, screen caps because it had a built-in screen cap option in Power hmm. DVD. So I would just take like hundreds of screenshots <laughs> and just have a folder now of like, bitmap files that I could dump into Resolume and play in sequence and essentially would be the same as video. It wasn't smooth, but it didn't need to be. You know what I mean? I was yeah. mangling video. Like, all the clips I did of, like, the nuclear bombs exploding and all that shit back in the day for Prometheus shows, that was all hundreds and hundreds of bitmaps being animated in Resolume and then re-rendered and fucked up even further because it's, like, just what I had to do. Right. You know what I mean? And I still have, like, folders and folders of all the stuff that I used to do during those experiments and i'd like to eventually slap them in like structure or yeah, something yeah that's that's not going to be a challenge i think that would work line up well and the other thing too is it's a node mm. so this this clip is a node so you can find a node set that maps that to a 3d object so now you've got this clip that's being fucked up in 3d space mm. or you can do crazy shit with uh different feedback options or mixing options to fuck with those clips even further can you load pictures into it yes you can yeah. can you animate pictures doing like kind of what i just described that would be cool i don't think there's something that'll flip through them in a sequence like you okay. can't load a folder of them and it'd be like play these as a clip you'd probably gotcha. make a clip offline and then use that yeah, I love that it just uses a totally different part of my brain. Like, it's been nice to come home from work lately and just do some video stuff because it's not like you get the same. It's not all like gravy when you're using it. There are definitely periods of like, oh shit, this is garbage, garbage, garbage. But when you hit those points where it's like stuff locks up and you get that kind of flexible, like, okay, I can take this a few ways, that's a fucking wonderful thing. Hmm. But it's never really wrong. It's just sometimes much more appealing to you than other points. That's another thing that's really exciting about this is they're super fucking active on the Structure Facebook group. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. in it. Like, even though I don't own one, I've been paying close attention. I feel like a, a poser. <laughs> Hello, fellow kids, you know. <laughs> Hello, fellow video enthusiasts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't mind me. I, I love Structure. I have three of them. But, yeah, I, I've just been in there posing until I can get one, yeah. trying to tease myself with everyone's updates but yeah like seeing them update stuff constantly is just making me want it more and more it is how active it is solid now too on like a lot of things you know it's actually like they took the time and it actually works really well it's not just limping along it's like like you said and use it for four hours like no problems it's never really crashed on me honestly too i could probably keep gushing about the structure like there's other parts of it that we really haven't even touched on yet that yeah 
<laughs> like, I was thinking that too. We could go for a goddamn while on the structure. The only other thing from KnobCon that I'd like to bring up was my number two thing, which was the Waldorf Kyra. And yeah. we were there. I was like, just going to say, I had Kyra on the list. I knew no you date, wanted to talk about that. No yeah. date for any of this. I'm like, when? Anytime. He's like, nah, no idea. And then you texted me today and you're like, hey, guess what you can order at Sweetwater right now? It's, it like, got, it's, it's like three grand or something, yeah, but... Uh, Maybe a little less, but it's like up there with the virus tie, and I get it. Twenty two ninety nine. It's, $22.99. it's yeah. actually cheaper than the virus. Oh, are they more than that? Wow. Virus yeah. is twenty nine ninety nine. So it's fair, like, but it sounded fucking great. Um, yeah, I had to jot it down. They completely ninja dropped that, dude. Yeah, like, I didn't. I don't get it. Me either. If they would have, <laughs> if they would have then said like it'll be out now when I was at Nobcon, I would have been plotting for that shit instead of blew it on a bunch of video stuff and <laughs> what would it replace that you already have i don't know i would maybe maybe the blowfeld if it could mm. but i i bet they're going to be very different like it's the synth engine made by the other company using the fpga processor that they acquired the technology from so i would just be interested to see if it could be like the virus because it's still pretty big you know mm. it's not like a more portable version of anything i have but mm. I like Waldorf stuff if it's like part of the quantum stuff, but you know, sounds really good and it's super reliable and it works very, really well. That would be cool. Yeah. And if it's like effects per part, which I think it was, like, which is one of the things the Blofeld couldn't do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's intriguing. Yeah. It's effects per part. I jotted down a few notes because I was trying to compare it to the virus to see exactly like what is different. It's very, very similar. Yeah. And it's a little cheaper, and from what I could tell, it's probably sounds a lot better. Like it has a lot more like uh, steps, you, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like supposedly, like nothing sounds aliased at all in okay. it or anything. It's also got like fucking crazy polyphony, like 128 voices, and like mm. each part can have like 32 notes. I, I think the virus, if I remember correctly, is 16 parts. Right? Yeah, yep. this is only eight parts, but the amount of stuff that you can have per part seems, you know on par if not better than the ti mm. you get four oscillators per part two main oscillators and then two subs yeah the subs can have their own selectable like has different waveforms and modes mm -hmm. that it can be in or the two main oscs you can combine into their hypersaw oscillator which is right. like i don't know it's supposed to have like six different saw waves like combined hmm. or you can run it in duo mode and then it's 12 saw waves combined and okay it's very similar to, I guess, the virus hypersaw as well. But And then also per part, you have nine stereo effects to select from, three LFOs, three envelope generators. Wait, so, is that per part? Per part. Yeah. And there's eight parts. Yes. That's bonkers. Yeah. It's a lot of shit. It's a little yeah. crazy. Yeah, because like, the virus like does a lot of that too, but you know, part of it is like... It's been around for a long time now. Like I'm very used to the sound of it. I like it for some things, and there's some things that it sucks at sonically. Like the Blofeld will wipe the floor with it, like on a sound level for me. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that from other people too. So Waldorf always manages to put like good drive and distortion. I really dislike it on the tie to the large extent, even though they have all these amp models. I don't think it sounds like it's not what I'm looking for. Maybe I just don't know how to use it right. It's very possible. No, I, I would agree. Yeah, like, like uh, the virus to you, I was all over like the Prometheus stuff, and I was distorting the shit out of it. Most of that was not the onboard amp models. I, right. I never really enjoyed them, and I always ended mm -hmm. up running it through 
you know, third party distortion anyways. Yeah, I don't know one of them on there that I like from yeah. a distortion standpoint. It just doesn't sound right. Right. All of them were kinda close. Yeah. It's like each one was just like, Oh, that's almost good. But yeah, no, none of them like at least I never managed to configure them in a way that I liked. Yeah. And like the reverbs can't stand up to like a Valhalla or something like right. that. Yep. So that's you know, that's a tall order, but still it's not like the Kyra had some magic to it where some of the sounds were just like, holy shit, okay, that sounds like very rich and very modern, for lack of a better word. Like it's using cutting edge stuff. It's supposed to be quality, yeah. I didn't get a chance to really listen to it. I just, I knew you were going to put it through its pace. <laughs> and I just took your your opinion. You said it sounded good. And I was like, eh, I'll pay attention to this thing now. But remember too when you were like, "Where's the mod matrix?" When we, it took a while for the dude to demo it, and it did seem to be like an awkward location to like. You didn't just hit a mod matrix button and go there and like right. hit your attenuator. Yeah, whatever. I did forget to mention that it does have a mod matrix too. Yeah, which is cool. That's one of the best things about the Blofeld and the virus. It's like crazy nice mod matrix, you know. Yeah. And we didn't interview anybody at Knobcon, but we did get some interview questions, and maybe some of our listeners can help us. <laughs> We wanted to know what the one thing someone would burn at KnobCon was. If you had to burn one thing in the room. Oh, yeah. They called it <clears throat> Knobtoberfest this year, which is out of fucking left field, out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I don't know. I ain't going to lie, dude. I had no idea that this year was called Knobtoberfest it, until we were standing in that hallway. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is Knobtoberfest? And you're like, this apparently. <laughs> I was like, wait, really? It's like, I don't remember it. Like... When I registered, when I was paying attention to the updates, never once did I notice that. Maybe I did see it and I thought it was like a joke. Or you blocked it out. Or Yeah, yeah. I just blocked it. From... <laughs> that can't be real. To, to be honest, though, yeah, I think this was the least fun KnobCon of all. Easily. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. It yeah, certainly yeah. wasn't like fun. Like we have fun. But we've had more fun. We there. amused ourselves. Yeah, we yeah. amused ourselves. Yeah. Which we typically but, do. Yeah. But like we had to do it more than than anything this time. I yeah. Feel. Like there was a lot of the same faces we've seen over the years and not many others this time. It seemed like it was a lesser crowd and less performers yeah. and less manufacturers. And it felt more like uh like I don't know, I've I've gone to many anime cons over the years. And anime, anime cons kind of develop the same, like, little clicks yeah. that start to form. And then outsiders kind of stop coming because they're not part of these clicks. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And I, it just becomes yeah. like its own thing. I, I don't know. It's kind of weird to see a synth convention get like that, especially for an industry that's, like, doing nothing but growing. It's weird to see a convention like this shrink. Which is a bummer because I still like going. I still think it's a useful thing to go to. We got to check out a bunch of stuff like Deluge. I got to see yeah. the all of the updates they made, and I ended up getting one, and I'm I'm enjoying it. I, it has problems. There's a couple of things that I'm like kind of working through. Hmm. One is the I just did a bunch of things, and I don't know what I did. Um, thank God I'm like not really going to save this anyway. Like there's yeah. still I still do a lot of accidental things because it's there's a lot of combinations and stuff like that. I just need to get used to it. But you know, last year's review of the Deluge was this thing's kind of a shitty mono. Yeah. They made a huge advancements in the software, and Definitely. Um, now it's totally fucking usable. I probably wouldn't have known that if I hadn't gone to KnobCon. No. So it was cool. Like I still want to go for that, and I still just like these are people that we talked to that we would not talk to otherwise. 
speaking of like that type of scenario that yeah that's another thing i have listed under my my disappointments was uh neo analog oh Oh, yeah yeah. i know me and nick were like really hyped that they were here this time Uh last year they were a no show and that was like one of the first tables we hit (laughs) only to find no iodine core there like they did not bring their flagship product it was weird you asked about it and he seemed like he was already like tired of answering that question uh-huh. yeah i was like dude and it was first thing in the morning i think we were the first day. people to walk up to him dude yeah just bring one I, I, I guess he knew he was going to be answering that question many many more times throughout the day but yeah what he he did not bring his flagship uh core for uh instead he had a filter mm-hmm. to show off uh euro rack filter this time around and that was cool. Like, it sounded mm. good. It was, like, mm. a nice filter. But at the same time, I'm like, do we really need another filter in your rack? Right. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. And it's not for sale yet. So I was just kind of surprised to see that that's, that was what he brought. Like, yeah. But if it would have been, like, parts of the ITN core in a Eurorack module at a decent price, right. shit, we probably would have left. Absolutely. <laughs> With, like, some saturation module uh-huh. uh, models in there, uh, some sort of, like, envelope generator you know what i mean i don't know it's just like a normal multi-mode filter from what i yeah. can tell and i was like that's cool good for you i guess <laughs> but like if he had had a core there would probably have walked out with one you know what yeah. i mean or at least got some hands-on time which would have sold me or you know the other direction you know made me realize that i don't maybe need this i don't know but it would have been cool to have some hands-on time with one um i was just surprised that he finally showed up and didn't bring one but regardless i bought one today anyways <laughs> having no hands-on time with one so we'll see how that goes i guess you did spend some time with and we got a good demo of the joe mox alpha base mm-hmm. which you then did get yeah Whatever. yeah and i sold that today also so the, to the, buy the i core <laughs> <laughs> that was a, this is a, as smooth a segue as we're going to get yeah into that i don't <laughs> know if we can do this any better i i, I don't want to crap on it it's a good drum machine. It's the sound is good, like we discovered at Knobcom when we played with that one that mm-hmm. was on display. Um, it, it's not the sound I have an issue with. It's the interface. It's kind of a very awkward machine to navigate and to tweak out on. I. Mm. It, it's not that things are buried in menus because it, it's kind of not. The menus are only two levels deep, but it's the fact that like. Things are broken down per row, and you can only look at like one row at a time. Like, it's like, okay, I'm adjusting the pitch of the kick. Okay, now I'd like to adjust the snap of the envelope. Well, I have to go down to this row, turn this knob so that it pops up on the screen now, and I can edit that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's a little weird. It's not the most like tweaking friendly interface. And a couple times I managed to get into a mode that I had no idea what the mode was and I couldn't get out of it by accidentally like hitting things in the wrong order. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden like things are flashing and I'm like, what the hell did I just do? I don't know. And it's like, there's no indication on the screen really of what the hell mode I'm in now. Yeah. And little things that irked my OCD (laughs) kind of triggered me was there's, there's things labeled wrong. The, the fucking tune and pitch on the kick is backwards like everything's laid out on the menu like you know one to one pretty (laughs) much like there's four knobs so there's four options that'll pop up on the screen for that row 
the fucking tune and the pitch are reversed than what they are on the knobs. And I'm like, how do you do that? Like, it's the first two parameters on the first instrument on the first track. Like, nobody caught that that's ass backwards. Well, the thing it's most known for is the kick drum. Exactly. And I was like, if you can't even get the labeling right on the parameters for your kick, which this machine is known for, like, I don't think I want to spend a whole lot more time with this thing. As a QA professional, I'm furious. (laughs) But, like, I also own the modules, the M-Brain and the M-Bass at one point. Mm -hmm. And, again, I loved the sound of those two modules. My main problem was programming them. Mm -hmm. It was even more of a problem. You know what I mean? And I feel like while the circuitry of those are supposed to be improved in the Alpha Bass, I I feel like the interface for them is no better. Yeah, and yeah. it's like at that point, I might as well just have the modules again. It's, you know what I mean? And But the sound was good. Like, those are the only two analog circuits in there is the the kick and then the uh, M-Brain percussion. Yeah. Uh, the rest the are all... The yeah. M-brain. The rest are all sample-based. Mm-hmm. But it's weird because they don't have the same parameters. Like, your hi-hats and all that stuff are different than the two that are just labeled sample so it's kind of weird, but you can run them all through analog filters, and the filter was kind of nice, and you can adjust like the Joe Mox metallic noise, mm. which I I'm a big fan of. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I I love their their noise circuits and the filters. Like I've spent a, a good amount of time now with different analog drum machines. You know, I've owned pretty much all the big ones from Rhythm, Tempest, Alpha Bass, Drum Brute, Joe Mox modules. Uh, I don't know. Sound wise, I feel like it's it's up there for sure, but I just feel like it's not at the top of the list. I think if anything, I, I would still prefer a Tempest over all yeah. of them. Huh. Um, and I kind of miss the Tempest at this point. It's not as flexible, but that's kind of the point. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? I feel like the Alpha Base is almost too goddamn flexible that it's really problematic to dial in what you want. You know what I mean? It almost feels like. Like, they kind of want you to use it as, like, a preset machine, and that's not what I want a drum machine for. I would think, like, why doesn't he make something that's, like, a grand that just has the voices with MIDI and trigger inputs? Mm. Fuck the sequencer. Mm-hmm. Just have the voices, maybe even not presets, just, like, easy to patch up a few knobs for each one and, like, a big rack thing or something. Yeah. I'd be into that. I mean, it's funny, though, when I first saw that, that's kind of what I thought it was going to be. Right. The way that it's laid out, the way that it looked. like the first So time, did I. I was like, oh, that's fucking brilliant. Still looking at the menu a lot. A lot. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's not divey, but you're still relying on that tiny-ass mm-hmm. screen for pretty much any sense of where you are. You know what I mean? And I just, I'm not feeling that. I, I don't know. I feel like he kind of shot himself in the foot a bit by trying to make it outdo everything because it, it doesn't need to. It just needs to do what Joe Mox does well and easily, and you'd have a banging machine. You know what I mean? So, parting ways with it. So you're parting ways with it, and you're getting instead an I-18 Core Four. <laughs> I've wanted one forever, and I uh, I feel like after spending some time with that, I don't need a more complex drum voice. I can already get as complex Mm -hmm. as I want on the modular and I can get another TR8S for when I want something simple. What I need is more complex (laughs) processing and the ability to do like what I used to do with the Sherman and just strange modulated filter mangling. You know what I mean? When you can take like the simplest of percussion sources and 
run it through multiple filters and saturation modules and modulation, then you start to get to the area that my brain is working. Right? Oh, Roland. Roland, uh, thank you. Yeah. Almost forgot about that shit. Yeah, so... Yeah, my uh, interest in that waned quickly. Oh, over the course of, like, minutes. Yeah. Well, because I was even <laughs> real excited about the tiny one, the little 101. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you're... I'm just going to put you in my pocket and take you everywhere with me. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, oh, you're fucking useless. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about menu diving. It's like the worst yeah. parts of the TR-8S in a little fucking box with some pads. It's like, oh, you thought that was bad? We made it worse. Yeah. I don't get it. I mean, I don't either. groove boxes are never known to be compact. Those are usually the biggest things on your desk. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're bigger than your average drum machine or you know desktop synth because you got a lot going on it's a fucking workstation mm-hmm. why they decided to try and cram that into something you could fit into your pocket is a little beyond me with a screen the size of a calculator the other thing about like groove boxes is there's a performative element to it like the, a lot of stuff is surfaced you got a bunch of stuff that was the opposite of that exactly there was yeah. nothing you were not going to jam on that thing no you're locked way, in you're not performing on that thing yeah. And it could do too many fucking things. Like, you're going to use that little 101 to deal with, like, multiple loops, a drum <laughs> machine, a synthesizer, and editing all that shit. That's going to be a fucking bad day. Yeah, yeah. So they even, I mean, so then right beside it was the, the 707. Yeah. Which was the larger form factor, which also, so much reliance on that screen. So much. Mm. I have to scroll down with the, <laughs> yeah. the the little arrow keys just to see how many tracks you can do, which is 16. But, like, you can only see, like, what was it, eight at a time. Yeah. So, like, you have to scroll up and down, and that's something you're supposed to be performing on. So you can't even yeah. see in real time the tracks that you're going to be, like, queuing up. That, that, that kind of bothered me. And there were some like project level limits that it's like, that's all you get for a whole fucking project. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is it, yeah that was the main killer like for me. A beat or like a song. And it's like, no, no, right. no, you got to do like a live set off that. I can't stop. The, the clip know? launching and like the built in synth engines and all that. I was like, oh, this thing might be like a Taraz SP16 killer for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I genuinely was hopeful for it. But after seeing the demo, I was just like, nah, I don't think so. Like, it has features that the SP-16 doesn't have, but I'm sticking with my SP-16 for now. And even going back to, like, the projects thing, I was like, oh, well, maybe they switching between projects is faster. Because in my mm. mind, I'm thinking of, like, the Electron. If I'm loading a project, everyone, like, go get a beer. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, switching between projects is a non-trivial task. Like, okay, maybe they've come up with a way where you can switch a project on a beat. No, it took just as fucking long. Yeah. Like it had a fucking progress bar and everything. I'm like, this is way less per project, and I'm gonna like be switching between it more often than the electron stuff. Right. And then we went over to the deluge table, and that dude was like loading new projects like in a fraction of a second. Yeah. It was just yeah. like boop. I was like, okay, because that's kind of seemed like what Roland was going after. Like, oh, we're gonna compete with like the deluge and the Taraz, you know, and mm-hmm. like, um, the the Akai. Yeah, yeah. And, but yeah, I don't... I mean, realistically, they probably don't consider the Deluge or the, what is it, Synthstrom yeah. competition. You don't think? They should have. Because I, 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 def- I think they're their uh, biggest threat right now uh-huh. for the price and the features. Yeah. Like, oh, it's way better. Oh, but the problem is, like, you can't go to Sweetwater Perfect Circuit and get a Deluge. True. You yeah. have to order from them. It is a small fucking... Com- it's a small operation. 
if more people knew about it, I think it would be a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. I think it's just kind of just sliding under the radar there for a lot of people. Because like we said, the deluge was kind of slow growth. You know, it's been around since 2016. And back then it was not nearly as cool as it is now with like the audio and MIDI looping and like all that shit. And like, it's cool. They update the front panels and you can actually for $20 get a new front panel with the new legends. It's not like a million dollar thing that you have to send in to get serviced. It's just a couple fucking screws. Like they thought about it, you know, whereas the 707 or the 101 just seemed like fucking rushed out marketing shit. Like they designed that in Photoshop and then built it. You know, (laughs) if the deluge had a screen, I would own one immediately. It's just that lack of screen. Mm. that still turns me off to it. Part of it that got me was like, um, the editing and the lack of the screen. And I felt like I realized like, Oh, I'm super spoiled by electron stuff. And I Mm. need to be able to edit like, a bunch of parameters at mm-hmm. one time, kind of like you were saying with the Joe Mox. Like I don't mm. want to like individually, but I was just thinking about it the wrong way. Really, it wasn't. It didn't meet my specific needs, so I kind of bailed on it because I wanted to try other shit. So I could have gone further with it, and I didn't. I'm super happy with mine, um, but the the synth engine is just absolute fucking garbage. It is. Oh yeah, it's it's bad. so bad. I don't think it's bad technically. I just think their idea of what people would want out of a synth engine on a drum uh-huh. machine like this, it, it just misses the mark. Everything is just like giggle-inducing cheesy. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I will give the 707 is that the synth engine in there seemed capable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you could get some good sounding stuff out of it if you felt like diving through all those menus and, yeah. and entering what he was showing us as the advanced mode oh God, for, yeah. to get to the extra parameters so that you could actually edit the synth sounds. Deep parameters like filter cut off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, wow, I definitely yeah. had a vibe of like, dude, you are not reading the room. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing is though, like that's not what I need in a performance yeah. proof box is, is, is synth stuff. Like it'd be cool to maybe do like a few acid lines here and there you know, on the box. But for the most part, I wanted something that could do clip launching nicely, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And conveniently, which that doesn't because you have to rely on that crappy little screen. I think that actually is something the Deluge solves. It is. I, I yeah. think they, they, it I does think for they sure. a really good job with that. That's and, what I'm saying. If it had yeah. a screen, I would buy that instantly. Cause yeah. It has the features exactly what I want. And I think wins over like the 707 mm-hmm. and the SP16 and even the Akai stuff. Yeah. But... I don't like the whole like mono only tiny little LED buttons as my only like feedback of what I'm doing. You know what I no, mean? Yeah, that's like that's mm-hmm. I think that's a legitimate and rational critique of it. Like I've already seen progress um, and I'm starting to be like, oh, I see what you're doing there. And there are these sort of like repeated patterns they have. Um, not everything is just like this sort of like crazy and different way. Like I'm like when that guy was giving us the demo at KnobCon and he's just bouncing the fucking around and like everything's coming together. It's not out of the box. You're not going to pick this thing up and immediately grok it. You're a more patient man than me, Dave. <laughs> Basically what I want is Octatrack and Ableton Live in a box with a yeah. screen like the SP16. Yeah. I would argue that Deluge is the mono in Ableton. Mm-hmm. Mixed, like crammed yeah. together. Sure. Definitely. That's, that's and I like both of those. The monom didn't work for me because I got a little bit lost in a sea of contextualist buttons, and I'm like, I don't know where the fuck I am. <laughs> so it solves that problem, and I'm really familiar with Ableton. So like, it's it's working really well for me. 
Yeah, I like the MIDI sequencer a lot. I think the MIDI is fantastic on it. Just the way, like, the colors, like, that really struck me, like, when I was, like, I'll miss that part of it, knowing that, like, oh, yeah, that yellow part. I could, like, the way you could scroll the sequences and see the stuff, I was like, oh, I know what that is. Just by looking at that fucking LED visualization, I'm like, that's fucking cool. Like, more things should leverage that type of stuff. And the fact that you you can set all of those. Yeah, yeah, it, it, which is really nice. Um, and the luminosity, hmm. very. I was like, oh, this is a little fucking bright. Beep, beep, beep. I didn't even realize. That. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Do you also know that you can load a uh, single cycle? Yeah. Shitting on the synth engine, but I do think you can overcome that with just grabbing a bunch of single cycle uh, stuff mm-hmm. and loading lo- loading those on. I haven't done that yet, so I don't have a review of it. How's like the filters and shit sound though? They're pretty good. They're. Yeah. F- the the filter's fine. They self resonate. The uh, no, no. Okay. it's digital. I take it then. Like there's not like yeah. an analog filter built in. It or sounds anything. like okay. analogy, but it might be a really good model. But I'm guessing it's digital. The main thing that really sucks though is the reverb. Okay, oh, yeah, it's yeah. fucking garbage. So that was a little disappointing because I'm always like, it'd be cool like if this was a, like a at least good basic reverb and the saturation there's like one yeah. good value it's like nothing 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 too much <laughs> all right there's like the little spot yeah. in there that said though they are still very much working on it so yeah. that might be something they end up solving wavetable oscillator coming that'll yeah. be yeah. you know synth the fm shit was so clicky did you notice that like it yes like it's fucked up like just set the phase to zero <laughs> on every hit like it's wrong that's it, though. That's my list of complaints right now. Yeah. And I'm glad we went to KnobCon and that guy showed me. Cool. <laughs> oh! Uh-oh. I don't like where this is going. No, you remind me. My most uh, favorite thing of KnobCon was getting some hands-on time with the WMD Crater. Fucking yeah. amazing yeah, module. Yeah, yeah. About that. Amazing module. Like, I I was, wish I could have bought it, like, immediately, but it's not on sale yet for, like, a couple more months, like, mm-hmm. possibly by the <laughs> end of the year. Wow. Yeah. A little, little bummed about that. I don't know, but I'm incredibly hyped for that. Like, just fucking around, I was able to dial in, like, multiple sweet spots. Like, you know, at the booth through the crappy speakers, I could still detect, like, the, the punch and the body and the tick. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was, like, hearing, like, oh, yeah, I could retort that to a sample. So, for our listeners who may not be aware of what this is, what is the crater? Um... I'm pretty sure it's analog. I can't remember off the top of my head now. I think it is. Back. But yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an analog kick voice that has like its own uh, three-stage saturation circuit. It has its own body section um, and like, you know, pitch and tone. It's in like 12 HP. Yeah, it's tiny. Yeah, it's it, a very tiny. It's like the same form factor as like their Crucible mm-hmm. module, which is their new symbol module and things like that. Um, and it comes black um, panel. Um, real simple, like no thrills really. It's just like straight black panel, you know, white labeling, mm-hmm. real clean. It just seems like a fast, well thought out interface mm-hmm. for a kick drum, mm-hmm. like better than any other kick drum that I've owned. And I think I've owned almost all of them at one point. Right. You know, I've tried yeah. quite a few. And it just seemed to cover all the territory that you want out of like a techno drum. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think it went all the way down to like organic sounding drum. No, there's no physical modeling yeah. type shit. But like yeah. it, it definitely covers your entire like 808 to 909 yeah. and everything in between 
it does some interesting stuff with gate lengths too, to the point where like you can almost have it sound like two different kicks layered on top of each other with intelligent gate sequencing. Oh, that mm. was a cool feature. Yeah, like it'll hold for as long as the gate, and you can hit it with like accent on top. So it's like uh, it was doing some interesting like like you had your 808 long kick and then like your snappy punchy 909 almost on top of it, mm-hmm. all in one voice. You know, it yeah. Was, yeah. I I was really blown away by it. I hope they release more drum modules like in this form factor yeah. you know like i could definitely see a nice snare coming out like that mm-hmm. yeah, and cool. some other stuff yeah i would build a whole drum kit out of it for sure